Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link that's on the top menu for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIM OE. Excuse me. On that same top drop-down menu with... (laughs) that's titled Online Edition, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both a workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in the manual with section 18. How is correction made? And uh, at the top of the hour we will touch in with our lesson for the day, which today is lesson 355. There is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? And as usual, that will be led by Fran this morning. And that's up the hour. Okay. Well, Lori, um... I wonder if you have uh, one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call this morning. I do, Lemoyne. And uh, let me just say, uh, this is such an exclamation of jubilation from Rumi. Um, well, I'll just, I'll just see if I can render it. Love has taken away my practices and filled me with poetry. I tried to keep quietly repeating, no strings but yours, but I couldn't. I had to clap and sing. I used to be respectable and chaste and stable, but who can stand in this strong wind and remember those things? A mountain keeps an echo deep inside itself. That's how I hold your voice. I'm scrap wood thrown in your fire and quickly reduced to smoke. I saw you and became empty. This emptiness, more beautiful than existence. It obliterates existence. And yet when it comes, existence thrives and creates more existence. The sky is blue. The world is a blind man squatting on the road. But whoever sees your emptiness sees beyond the blue and beyond the blind man. A great soul hides, like Jesus, 
moving through a crowd in a city where no one knows him. To praise is to praise no one surrenders to the emptiness. To praise the sun is to praise your own eyes. Praise the ocean. What we say, a little ship. So the sea journey goes on. And who knows where? Just to be held by the ocean is the best luck we could have. It's a total waking up. Why should we grieve that we've been sleeping? It doesn't matter how long we've been unconscious. We're groggy, but let the guilt go. Feel the oceans of tenderness. Feel the oceans of tenderness surrounding you. There's no end to the peace and joy. Then all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word, why not today? Amen. Wow, thank you so much for that. Loved it. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lori. Um, okay, what I what I have here on the reading list this morning, I have Fran, Jessica, Karen, Jennifer, and Lori. And with us in listening, I have Harrison. Is there anyone else who would like to uh, just say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning, Lemoyne. Good morning, everyone. It's Glenna. I-, I can read this morning. No, thank Hi. You, Good morning. Hi, Rosemary. <clears throat> Hi. Um, are we just doing 18 or are we doing 19 also? 18 is very short. Yes. I mean, yes, I can, I can, I'd yes. like to read, but... We're just doing 18, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I, I, read. But I can listen, because it's so short. I'll just listen to you guys. Thanks. Morning, it's Sandra. I can listen. Good morning, Sandra. Is there anyone else who'd like to announce or just say and say good morning? Good morning. Wendy and Bryce are listening. Thank you. Hi everybody. Good morning, folks. Okay, well, um, today we are just reading section 18, 
that was correction made. And, um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and get us started here. Section 18, that was correction made. Correction of a lasting nature, and only this is true correct, cannot be made until the teacher of God has ceased to confuse interpretation with fact or illusion with truth. <clears throat> if he argues with his pupil about a magic thought, attacks it, tries to establish its error, or demonstrate its falsity, he is but witnessing to its reality. Depression is then inevitable, for he has, quote, proved both to his pupil and himself that it is their task to escape from what is real. And this can only be impossible. Reality is changeless. Magic thoughts are but illusions. Otherwise, salvation would be only the same old, same age-old, impossible dream but in but another form. Yet the dream of salvation has new content. It is not the form alone in which the difference lies. Friends. How is correction made? Correction of a lasting nature, and only this is true correction, cannot be made until the teacher of God has ceased to confuse interpretation with fact or illusion with truth. If he argues with his people about a magic thought, attacks it, tries to establish its error or demonstrate its falsity, he is but witnessing to its reality. Depression is then inevitable, for he has quote-unquote proved both to his pupil and himself that it is their task to escape from what is real. And this can only be impossible. Reality is changeless. Magic thoughts are but illusions. Otherwise, salvation would be only the same age-old impossible dream in but another form. Yet the dream of salvation has yet has new content. It is not the form alone in which the difference lies. Two, God's teacher's major lesson is to learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. Only in this way can they proclaim the truth about themselves. Through them, the Holy Spirit can now speak of the reality of the Son of God. Now he can remind the world of sinlessness the one unchanged, unchangeable condition of all that God created. Now he can speak the word of God to listening ears and bring Christ's vision to the eyes that see. Now is he free to teach all minds the truth of what they are, so they will gladly be returned to him. And now is guilt forgiven, overlooked completely in his sight and in God's words. Thank you, friend. And, <laughs> um, yeah, Jessica, if you read two and three. Yes, <clears throat> two. God's teacher's major lesson 
is to learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. Only in this way can they proclaim the truth about themselves. Through them, the Holy Spirit can now speak of the reality of the Son of God. Now he can remind the world of sinlessness, the one unchanged, unchangeable condition of all that God created. Now he can speak the word of God to listening ears and bring Christ's vision to the eyes that see. Now is he free to teach all minds the truth of what they are, so they will gladly be returned to him. And now is he and now is guilt forgiven overlooked completely in his sight and in God's word. Three, anger but screeches. Guilt is real. Reality is blotted out as this insane belief is taken as replacement for God's word. The body's eyes now see. Its ears alone are thought to hear. Its little space and tiny breath become the measure of reality, and truth becomes diminutive and meaningless. Correction has one answer to all this and to the world that rests on this. On this. Colin. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to read four? Just sure. All right. Um, correction has one answer to all of this and the world that rests on this quote. I mean, you but mistake interpretation for the truth, and you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever, and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only thing there is. Fear is illusion, for you are like him. Thank you, Jessica. There's repeating. Um, so, Karen, would you read uh, uh, three, four, and five? Three. Anger but screeches, quote, guilt is real, unquote. Reality is blotted out as this insane belief is taken as replacement for God's word. The body's eyes now quote-unquote see, its ears alone are thought to hear, its little space and tiny breath become the measure of reality, and truth becomes diminutive and meaningless. Correction has one answer to all this, and to the world that rests on this. Four, you but mistake interpretation for the truth, and you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin, 
nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever, and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only thing there is. Fear is illusion, for you are like him. Five, in order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let him judge what the response should be. So is he healed, and in his healing is his pupil healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him, and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal? Thank you, Karen. And Jennifer, would you read uh, like the last sentence in three, and four, and five? Okay, um, correction has one answer to all this and to the world that rests on this. Or, you but mistake inter- interpretation for the truth, and you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin, nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever, and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only thing there is. Fear is illusion, for you are like, capital H, him. In order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his, mis- his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let him judge what the response should be. So is he healed and and in his healing is his people healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. 
Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal? Well, thank you, Jennifer. And uh, yeah, five bears repeating. Lori, would you read, conclude with five? Oh, I'd love to. In order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let him judge what the response should be. So is he healed? And in his healing is his pupil healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal? Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Well, we have plenty of time in this left in this reading portion of the call to uh, to do that all over again. They're stepping it. Or we could read it through one at a time, or just proceed to sharing. What do you folks? What do you folks like? I like one at a time. I like that. Uh, this is Jessica. I won't be able to read uh, after this. I like I mean, stepping too, but I won't be reading as well. Okay. I can still read if you need me, Joanna. Mm-hmm. I could read if you want. Yes, I'd be willing. To, I'm going to read as well. This is Diana. Diana, you'd like to read? Okay, yeah, it is. I think what's next. Um, anyone else who would is joined the call who'd like to to say good morning or join the reading list? This is Sandra. I can read. All right. Welcome, Sandra and Diana. Let's see. <laughs> Trying to count here. 
All right. Well. Hey, could you could you please give me? Uh, I just lost it on my phone when I uh, went to unmute to talk to you. What is it in the the, uh, the book? What page? It's would number. That be? Um. Uh, well, in the paper book, it'll be it's normally quite near the end. It's section eighteen. Um, section I don't. Okay. The page, the page may depend on the printing. I could give you a page in the book that I have. Is page uh, I don't know. well, it says page thirty-six in in the manual. Three thirty-six is that what you said? No, it's it, it's numbered separately in my edition, so it's just page thirty-six, but in the very last section. Of the book. I see. Um, okay. Thirty-six in the manual. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, it's right near the end. Okay. I might have to listen. <laughs> and. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. What? <laughs> in the interest of doing something here. Let me. Let me try to pull this out. Oh, got it. I, I'm here. I'm with you guys. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. Um, well, let's kind of do what we usually do and see where it lands. Um, uh, since you've got it, Sandra, and I guess we're going to read one at a time, would you read the section title and first paragraph? Or, sorry, Diana. <laughs> and then I'll go to Sandra. Diana, then Sandra, who I have written down twice. Okay. Man, is it? Marie. Go ahead. Perfect. The Manual for Teachers, number 18, How is Correction Made? Is that right? Am I on? That's perfect. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Correction of a lasting nature, and only this is true correction, cannot be made until the teacher of God has ceased to confuse interpretation with fact or illusion with truth. If he... If he argues with the pupil about a magic thought, attacks it, tries to establish its error, or demonstrates its falsity, he is but witnessing to its reality. Depression is then inevitable, for he has proved both to his pupil and himself that it is their task to escape from what is real. And this can only be impossible. Reality is changeless. Magic thoughts are but illusions. Otherwise, salvation would be only the same. Um, uh, Age-old impossible dream, but another form. Yet the dream of salvation has new content. 
It is not the form alone in which the differences lie. Thank you. Two, God's teacher's major lesson is to learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. Only in this way can they proclaim the truth about themselves. I'm going to read that again. God's teacher's major lesson is to learn how to react to magic thoughts wholly without anger. Only in this way can they proclaim the truth about themselves. Through them, the Holy Spirit can now speak of the reality of the Son of God. Now he can remind the world of sinlessness, the one unchanged, unchangeable condition of all that God created. Now he can speak the word of God to listening ears and bring Christ's vision to the eyes that see. Now is he free to teach all minds the truth of what they are, so they will gladly be returned to him. And now is guilt forever overlooked completely in his sight and in God's word. Thank you, Sandra. And Robin Murray? Um, should I say three and four or just three? Um, two both. We'll, we'll repeat four. Okay. <clears throat> Anger but screeches. <clears throat> Guilt is real. Reality is blotted out as this insane belief is taking a replacement for God's word. The body's eyes now quote-unquote see. Its ears alone are thought to hear. Its little space and tiny breaths become the measure of reality, and truth becomes diminutive and meaningless. Correction has one answer to all this, and to the world that rests. And correction has one answer to all this, and to the world that rests on this. Four, you must mistake interpretation for the truth, and you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin, nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever, and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only thing there is. Fear is illusion, for you are like capital Him. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Lana, would you read four? And five oh, okay. Four and five? Okay. Four, you but mistake interpretation for the truth, and you are wrong. But a mistake is not a sin, nor has reality been taken from its throne by your mistakes. God reigns forever, and his laws alone prevail upon you and upon the world. His love remains the only, excuse me, the only thing there is. Fear is illusion, for you are like him, capital H. 
five, in order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let him judge what the response should be. So is he healed, and in his healing is his pupil healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of errors. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him, and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And he, I'm sorry, and who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to heal? Beautiful. Thank you, Lana. And uh, would anyone like to uh, repeat five? Um, the summary of how how is correction made, or how correction is made. Anyone like to read five? I can repeat five for you, Lemoyne. This is Jennifer. Okay. Please okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Five. In order to heal, it thus becomes essential for the teacher of God to let all his own mistakes be corrected. If he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. Then let him turn within to his eternal guide and let capital H him judge what the response should be. So is he healed, and in his healing is his people healed with him. The sole responsibility of God's teacher is to accept the atonement for himself. Atonement means correction or the undoing of error. When this has been accomplished, the teacher of God becomes a miracle worker by definition. His sins have been forgiven him, and he no longer condemns himself. How can he then condemn anyone? And who is there whom his forgiveness can fail to feel?
Thank you, Jennifer. <clears throat> well, um, in the little time we have here for the top of the hour, I just want to say that, you know, so much of my own personal malfunction is is kind of this and what this would say is the correction is I think for me it's saying I I should learn to be glad that I was wrong because <laughs> finding myself to be wrong has always been cause for self-judgment and therefore the suffering and what that this is this is completely upside down in the sense that if I was wrong in whatever it is, if it's some little thing of form, well then I'm being shown a better way. You know, I can be glad to learn the better way. And if it's about what I think about somebody else or myself <clears throat> I can be glad to to be wrong about the judgment. And and so even if I'm wrong, the cause, what is there is cause for is happiness and not judgment. <laughs> it's like, man, I really had that completely upside down for a long time here. So, you know, for me, I, it's telling me I should learn to be glad that I am wrong because I could be glad when I'm right and I know it because I'm already joyous. So there it is. It's like God's will is my perfect happiness for me. And it's the same is true for everyone. And uh, so I'd like to turn to you now, friend, so you can unfold this <laughs> for everyone in the lesson. If you would, please go ahead. Thank you. Well said, Lemoyne. Thank you. Yeah, that was Lemoyne. Thank you. like that. All right. Hi, everybody. We are still on the second part of the workbook, and the theme we're on is What Am I? And today's lesson is Lesson 355. There is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? I'll read some from What Am I? Then we'll go over and do our five-minute practice in the lesson. What am I? I am God's son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. In me is his creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In me is love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love resides. I am his holy sinlessness itself, for in my purity abides his own. We are the holy messengers of God who speak for him. 
and carrying his word to everyone whom he has sent to us, we learn that it is written on our hearts. Thus our minds are changed about the aim for which we came and which we seek to serve. We bring glad tidings to the Son of God, who thought he suffered. Now is he redeemed, and as he sees the gate of heaven stand open before him, he will enter in and disappear into the heart of God. Now we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 355. There is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? Why should I wait, my father, for the joy you promised me? For you will keep your word you gave your son in exile. I am sure my treasure awaits for me, and I need but reach out my hand to find it. Even now, my fingers touch it. It is very close. I need not wait an instant more to be at peace forever. It is you I choose and my identity along with you. Your son would be himself and know you as his father and creator and his love. Lesson 355. There is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? Five minutes.
Lesson 355. There is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. I'm driving, so I apologize for the noise. This is the ultimate person. Go and all the people to us Thank you, Harrison. I think I heard you say yeah, Thank you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thank you, Harrison. Good morning, this is Jennifer. Um, good morning, everyone. This is a, a whopper of a lesson. Like Harris, thank you, Harrison. It's so good to hear you. Um, and Fran, um, thank you for your your innocence every time you speak or you know you um um do the lesson um 
I'm just really grateful for your innocence um, and how you um, how you speak. Thank you so much. Anyways, um, I just want to say in regards to the lessons, I've been uh, actively turning over um, uh, my self judgment, my guilt, and 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 I'm noticing um, the flip over, and I. In observation, just in hindsight, and even in the moment, I'm noticing where someone's irritating me <clears throat> at work. Um, it could be on a call, um, and uh, or anywhere, neighbor, whatever. And what I'm doing is, I'm like I, the part that I'm drawing on on the internal guide is it's a it feels. Well, like I was speaking about Fran and, and, and her delivery, it's innocence. I draw on my, my childlike innocence. I tap into that well, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And that part of me is very strong. So I, I tap into it, and it feels joyful, and it feels like there's no judgment. And this is where I'm flipping this irritation, anger. Um, I, I live like most people until you wake up my life from some, you know, form of anger and irritation constantly, constantly on a battlefield of anger. And um, now I'm, I'm experiencing, like they say in the course of love, this wholehearted state where I'm remembering my innocence and and I know it's there and and I'm drawing on that to save me. That's my internal uh, landing point, grounding court, and it's working. So what's happening is I'll I'll notice an irritant and then I'll even notice myself respond like, ooh, that's a little shaky, but I'm saying the right thing but the feeling's not being transmission because I haven't processed, you know, the landing pad of innocence in that moment, I guess. But I'm even forgiving myself <clears throat> uh, where uh, I have an irritation and I feel the other party irritated as well. Oh, my God, all the guilt. Lordy pants. Anyways, I'm releasing that guilt too. So... Anyways, uh, that's my share. God bless you all. Thank you for that share. Thanks. Um, this is this is Diana. I have um, the part that I read that really was, you know, I don't want to say triggering. That's not the word. It's responding or having an emotion towards was number five, um, uh, chapter eighteen, number five when it said, if he senses even the faintest hint of irritation in himself as he responds to anyone, let him instantly realize that he has made an interpretation that is not true. And I, uh, my feeling is it, it doesn't matter about the other person or how they show up. It matters that I stand in love and peace towards everyone uh, with the truth of who they are 
and not how they show up in my interpretation of who I think they are. Um, that, that brings me suffering. Judgment shades or shadows their light and mine. And when I lift that cover of illusion of how I choose to see that person based on my ego judgment, then light streams back in and joy returns and love comes back. And for me, in the morning, I've been doing a two-way prayer with God when I get up, first thing when I get up. And I walk into my front living room, my meditation room, and it's facing a green belt across the street. And I love it because a lot of times I choose to, to get up before sunrise. And, and it feels really good when dawn begins to break because I feel closest to God. And in my two-way prayer, any irritation that I may have had from the night before, you know, and I'm not saying a two-way prayer for me has to be in the morning. It can be any time. I'm feeling a trigger where I can go into a bathroom or whatever place that gives me some kind of solace and, 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 and private time to talk to God and tell him, hey, I'm feeling this right now. And I'm writing it out usually on paper. And, and it's just talking. It's being open and honest with whatever feeling that might come up that isn't true about, you know, you know, about being in, in a shadow feel or world. And then I just let it go and I and I and I'm quiet and I let God talk back to me. And and he does and usually it's quick and then it there is a turnaround in that feeling. And you know and 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 a a correction of thought. And it's been really healing and 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 loving usually because that thought is, is returning back in alignment with how I am to see myself and others, which is um, uncovered with any kind of ego thought. You know, it's an ego correction. It's just a, a real simple way of, of reconnecting. And I'm, I'm talking about what I do for myself. But there is nothing but love here. There's nothing but God here. And, and if I get out of my way, and, and, and what I love, it's becoming easier and quicker for me to not stand in that anger because that's, you know, that's ego stuff. And, and when I can just let people be who they are without expecting them, expecting is a big word for me, them to be otherwise, then I'm okay, you know? It doesn't matter how a person shows up, you know, because it's all based on what they know and what they were taught, and they're just bringing that forward. But that's not the truth of who they really are. If I can namaste and come down to that, to that connection that connects us all in love and peace, and I'm good again. And um, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Diana. I love your process. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. Yes, I Good morning, everyone. It's Lana. I, I, when I read this um, section this morning, gosh, it struck home to me. Um, it was so clear, and it um, 
And it's funny because then I was guided to write about it, and I came upon this quote from uh, Buckmeister Fuller, (laughs) and it it says, you never change things by fighting the existing existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. And for me, that's just what a miracle does. You know, um, we interrupt that thought pattern and and ask for a miracle and replace it with the healing thoughts of love and peace. And um, I remembered, uh, and I, I've shared about my daughter before, but um, this healing was so specific to this section. I remember when she was in the throes of her drug addiction, and I asked Jesus, you know, what can I do? And his response was, um, the only thing you can do for your daughter is love her. But that's the most powerful thing you can do. And the message for me was that I needed to be a place of peace for her. And I've learned that if I do not defend, I cannot be attacked. So, and, and in my heart, I knew that if she came here and she verbally attacked me, she wasn't really attacking me. She was just trying to uh, get rid of her own pain. And I was just happened to be the body that was in front of her at the time. But it's it's like I needed to get ahead of my ego mentality, you know, it outsmarted. And the way, you know, I did that was I prepared myself, and I never knew when she was going to show up, but when she did, I had, uh, I really practiced training my mind to be a place of peace for her. And that meant that whatever she said to me, I wasn't going to respond to an attack. I wasn't going to defend myself. I was just going to hold a place of peace. And and that became so miraculous to me, you know. It was um, it was like outsmarting my ego because I knew my ego mentality so well. I think we all do, if we're honest. I know how my ego will respond to just about any type of situation or any interaction between a brother and myself. And of course, the the ego always shows up first or seems to. So when I decided to do as Jesus asked me to do, I had to also be prepared for what was probably going to show up first, you know, when she says something unloving to me or unkind. And um, so it was going to be a sharing of healing. Jesus says that miracles are shared between brothers. So knowing, watching that reaction in me, I could choose peace instead. And by and just by not responding to her, there there was a a silence because she had nothing to defend if I don't re, if I didn't respond to her. So she was still in the place of uh, of being where she had just finished saying what she said that um, had a reaction in me. So it was in that silence by not responding in, in kind to her, but um, just holding a place of peace. It was the silence between us, just a holy instant of silence between us that allowed Holy Spirit to come in and heal us both and return us to peace. 
and I remember further along down the road, uh, one night she mentioned to me, you know, Mom, whenever we talk or have a, you know, conversation, I always feel more peaceful. And I knew what she meant. It wasn't something I could take credit for, but it was something um, the Holy Spirit did through us, for us, when um, I was able to, and I'm not saying I did it all the time, you know, they were slips, but um, for the most part, I was training my mind to not respond to anything unloving that she might say to me, but maintain a place of peace for her, for both of us and invite the Holy Spirit in to heal our mind. And um, within, I don't know, a few months, I did notice that she was returning to a more peaceful place when she visited me. And those occasions where she um, would normally project her hurt and her pain on me, they seem to diminish greatly until now, you know, we hardly ever say an unloving word to one another. Um, so it, it truly works. It's, it's like the experience and through the application of what Jesus is teaching me in this section um, that it validates itself. You know, I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to understand it. I just have to apply it to a situation in my life. And, and then just be a witness to how it works. You know, you can't, um, I, I can't be attacked if I don't defend myself. And in the silence of not defending myself, the miracle happens between us both. It like interrupts the thought system of the ego because the ego doesn't know what to do with love and peace. So it's, it stops it in its, in its tracks. And in that silence, that's when the miracle, the healing happens. And I've experienced it so many times in so many ways with so many people, you know, friends, my roommate, you know, I just will no longer react with anger to an unloving word spoken. Um, and instead, just let it be. Let it be. And in that silence, um, let the healing happen. So um, that's just my experience of this reading today and how it um, applied to my every applied to my everyday life. How it shows up and how it proves itself. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, Wonderful. thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lena. That you, is Lena. the truth. Thank you. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally relate to that. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Lana. This is Wendy. I've really enjoyed all these interpretations of this uh, section. Like everybody has a, a slant, a little, a helpful way of thinking about it. And... Um, so my my angle on it is that, and, and I do have an anger issue, you know, that pops up. I've been working on it for a while. And when I think about it, it's really, anger is an attempt to be powerful when you don't feel powerful. And it's a way in the ego world 
that you can appear to be powerful. But it isn't true power. True power is knowing the power of love, standing in the divine light of truth, and being your powerful God self, loving whatever is in front of you, because that is the real power. So I guess, you know, when I get angry, it's because I've forgotten who I really am, and I've forgotten my real power. I'm complete. Thank you, Wendy. Thank, thank you, Wendy. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Good morning, Good morning Mrs. Mrs. Sandra. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Sandra. Um, just to follow up on what Wendy was saying is, um, for me, this lesson, there is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? And for me, this is about giving and receiving as being one. Because when I give the innocence that has been given to me, not through the world, (laughs) but from my relationship with my creator or my relationship with my higher mind, I'm told that I am innocent, that I am complete, that I am whole, that I am healed, that I am as God created me, not as my mother created me. You know, and I get angry at um, magic thoughts because the magic thought is that I am as my mother raised me to be. And some of the qualities that I have are qualities from how I was raised, but I'm taking my identity from God, not from my mother, not from my father, not from my children, not from anybody. I take my identity from God, and when I give that identity back, that I am complete and healed and whole, that I am abundant, that all my needs are met, that there is no more cruelty in me, And that cruelty shows up when I get angry about magic thoughts. You know, that I need to take a pill or take a jab in order to be healthy. I get angry at that stuff. But I need to stop that. (laughs) You know, that's that's the cutting edge for me, is that, you know, why should I get angry at nothing? It's nothing. It doesn't, it has no meaning. I can just make a stand for the body's ability to heal itself as long as I take my mind away from it and not believe the lies that that sometimes the medical profession tells me and sometimes the pharmaceutical profession tells although the pharmaceutical profession, they always tell me the side effects. So nobody listens, but they tell you. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) giving and receiving are one. When I know that I am loved and lovable and loving, I can give that. I can extend that into the world. But when I have doubt about that, when I don't think that I'm loved, then I can't extend anything. When I think that there's some kind of lack going on here, that I don't have my needs met, then, there's, then that's what I'm focused in on is the lack. 
when I'm focused in on the love that I receive on a daily basis, on a momentary basis, directly from my creator, when I am in the present moment in total gratitude for what is, then I can give that. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, you, everybody. Well, that was beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you. This is Diana. I, I do love when you say, and it's a good reminder for myself again, because years ago when my esteem was so low that I felt like a square peg you know, with a a round world game that I just didn't fit into, I had a therapist remind me to, uh, and and just tell me, write down the words, Diana, you are love, and uh, 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 oh my goodness, uh, loving and capable, and and I said, I did, you know, that was kind of a mantra for, you know, for quite some time. Because I am, you know, loving and capable. But hearing the words, I am love, lovable and loving, which I absolutely adopted. You know, that I see myself in the same place as Christ and not apart from. Then, you know, and whenever I have a feeling of irritation, I turn it around. Although I might be feeling irritated, that's not how I am, and I choose to see this different this day differently. It has been very, very enlightening and loving towards myself. You know, it. I think when we can self-heal into the words, these very simple words that I am love, lovable, and loving, because the truth that is the truth of who we are. And we have to sit in that and bathe ourselves in that warm, loving light until we feel that connection of God's source and energy. Because we are all connected energy, and we are that of the one source, of that one God. And if we're not feeling that, then we really do need to step back and take some time, you know, knee-to-knee with God in a morning sunrise to remember that. Because when we are the truth of who we are, and life is good and abundant and gratitude is everywhere and there is nothing but God here and I'm complete. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Diana. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Diana. I wonder if Anne Marie wants to share before she has to go. Um, uh, she's she's gone along, Judy. She's already okay. Lemoyne, I want to thank you for your share before Fran took us into this beautiful lesson today. Um, because singularly, I I that was one of the things that made me so happy and so joyful that I could admit that I was wrong. That I could admit that I was wrong. My thinking was mistaken. And I could take it to, to the Holy Spirit. Anytime, you know, I was feeling hurt or treated unfairly or afraid or um, angry, any of these negative things um, that, you know, anything perplexed me, I didn't understand, I was confused about, um, you know, that, that Christ and the Holy Spirit were always on my side, you know, that they went with me wherever I went, and that 
if any of the, those kinds of thoughts, thinking, wrong-minded thinking came up, that they, they were there to to set me set me um, straight again. You know, steer steer my boat. They took the rudder for me and um, set my sails. You know that um, I didn't have to do it that I wasn't the one that had to do it. I wasn't the one that had to figure it out. I wasn't the one that had to organize my thoughts or um, dis- or to j- even judge my thoughts. And I was thinking about this purification process this morning because on the, on the um, Reverend Pam's call, somebody brought up noticing, you know, the distracting ego's thoughts. And, you know, it, we have this, this ego doing this distracting, and then the just the ego's going to judge us and make us feel bad about it, <laughs> which is what God God says. No, no, no. Just ask me; I'll tell you. I'm the one who knows, and um, let it go. Just the fact that Christ consciousness and the Holy Spirit are within me and watching me think my crazy thoughts. Um, and says, you know, you, you know, you're you're act, acting or thinking a little Fruit Loops today, Jude. Um, time to settle down for a minute and uh, just let it go. <laughs> Be still and and look at it and see what it's doing for you. How is it working for you? And um, I just love this lesson, but I'm going to read it a little differently because this is Jude's interpretation of the. Lesson, and I want to thank Wendy for bringing that point up. That's very become very important to me. That we all come together to do this, but we all take away our own personal interpretation of it in order to get what we need, particularly from it. But we're all here for the same purpose and for the same end, and that's to be happy, joyous, and free. So um, thank you, Wendy, for that. But when I read this, um, I read it, when I accept God's word, there is no end to all the peace and joy because God is peace and joy. Christ is peace. Christ is the Prince of Peace in me. And Christ consciousness is the only part of me that's real. And when I accept God's word for what I am, which is, with the Course is teaching me, Christ consciousness is the only part of my mind that's real. And I can easily recognize it because peace comes to me through it, through understanding, through Christ consciousness. The capital understanding that he gives me always brings me to peace. And then I'm at peace and I'm joyful and I can share the love because the love is naturally revealed in me because I'm at peace and I understand, and I can feel the love in me, which is my natural factory setting. And this question, why not today, what came to me, and I wrote it, the immediacy of salvation. There's two things in the text. The immediacy of salvation, how the Holy Spirit uses time. He's always present no matter where I go, here and now. That's my portal to eternity to my eternal, changeless, holy state of peace. My salvation is immediate, and my, me- my memory is present. 
is presence itself. It's heaven that goes with me wherever I go. So um, it's very close from the middle of the from the middle of the prayer. It is very close, and I put my nearest and dearest to me because I'm in I'm 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 in God's care. I no longer have any cares or concerns because I know he loves me and he cares for me. And I need not wait an instant more to be at peace forever. It is capital U I choose and my identity along with capital U. So I can be myself and know capital U as my father and my creator and my love. And my love is his love and his love is mine. And love calls to me and everything and everybody, all the time, everywhere I go. So there's this seamless intimacy of an indivisibility of this peace and joy and all the miracles that I can give because I'm aware of it. And having and giving, thank you, Sandra, for your thought on that, giving and receiving, having and giving and being are all the same and one to spirit. Having peace, having joy, having love, giving peace, giving love, giving joy, and being peace, being joy, and being love are all the same to spirit. Such a beautiful lesson today. Thank you for letting me speak from my heart. Got the heart that's disappearing into the heart of God. (laughs) Joy to you all. I am complete. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. Thank you, Judy. Now, this is Diane one more time. I'm sorry I'm compromising a lot of time, but Holy Spirit just keeps coming up in my thoughts, you know. And I think what Fran shared about uh, the, the lesson today was, really impactful on me because why should I wait? Why should anybody wait or hold back, you know, or put off the God-given right, you know, of, of um, joining in with his clear vision, you know, of, of being our highest and best selves, you know? When I fall asleep, when I'm triggered, you know, when I'm not having God thoughts, then I need to take that moment and remember and wake up, you know, and and join back with him. Um, how I choose to see people isn't the question. It's how do I want to see people, you know. And when I'm in standing in love as a an apostle for Christ right here, right now, for anybody, for everybody, then, you know, to stand in recovery is a gift to myself and the world, Um to be that love that an earlier caller was talking about for their daughter or for anybody that shows up like Rumi says, you know, who is my guest today coming to the door? How can I, you know, drop down and be that in Christ right here? Because we all have that capacity if we choose to be that and complete. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you both. Judy, you too. Thank you. This is Jennifer. Um, thank you, uh, Diane. Uh, wonderful share, uh, and everyone as well. One thing that's coming up for me in this process of um, opening up and flipping things back to God, coming back to my natural state, peace, is I'm noticing um, a lot of sadness, a lot of anger coming up, and and what. Um, you know, just what to, what to, how do I, how do I um, handle, you know, handle that? Um, and it's a, I'm just learning to surrender and allow myself to cry, yell into a pillow. Um, and um, I had something else I was wanting to share, but now I can't, can't remember what it was so forgive me I'm kind of all over the place today um oh it was um one thing that I've uncovered kind of like a core uh reason for the anger I've experienced unconsciously as a small child um was not feeling worthy of God's love and to this day, that's really my original cause, I feel. Um, in any given instance where I'm irritated or upset, uh, I've, you know, listened to the ego all those years, and now I'm listening to love, that which I am and you are, uh, more and more. And But to, to see the original cause come up that's and then allow it uh to be aired out in the light of space um loving acts of letting the tears come out even honoring the anger the deep rage of the disconnect from God's love all those years, lifetimes. And now, <clears throat> bubbling up here, here we are. Oh, yeah, I'm a holy, lovable child of God. And I'm not this anger. I'm not this fear of the anger. And, and I'm not this sadness. But these things I want to honor uh, and, and release back to God. So there's this middle ground. And it's an action um, that comes from my heart and mind connection. And that's where the peace and the love is restored. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me. All right. Thanks. That was beautiful. Thank you.
Good morning, it's Mindy. I slept right through the workbook call and even through our morning workbook lesson during the text. I'm just wondering if it would serve anyone, if someone who has the book handy would be willing to read the statement. And if not, there's no volunteers, it'll take me a minute to get it. But I would love to hear the statement right again. And um, I'm wondering, Fran, would you be willing to do that? The short statement. You mean the lesson? Oh, yeah, the lesson. I guess I wasn't very clear, was I? No. Um, yeah. I know it's a beautiful one of Fermi Miracles. Lesson you mean the prayer on the lesson? Yeah. Lesson 355, there is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? Why should I wait, my father, the joy you promised me? For you will keep your word you gave your son in exile. I am sure my treasure waits for me, and I need but reach out my hand to find it. Even now my fingers touch it. It is very close. I need not wait an instant more to be at peace forever. It is you I choose and my identity along with you. Your son would be himself and know you as his father and creator and his love. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. The um, one paragraph or the one sentence that stands out for me that <clears throat> I'm still not quite comfortable with is there's no end to the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what? Me? <laughs> hmm. When I accept God's word, in the beginning was the word. I suppose that means joining with the creative power of God. Yep, and the power of the word, power of declarations and tensions. Um, so there's no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. And giving and receiving are the same. If I, if I am in the place of the miracle consciousness, I'm in the place of unity. And to give someone love, to to just give them compassion, forgiveness. Even forgiveness could be considered a miracle, in my opinion, because it takes us out of the time space. I'm a body that's happened in the past. I'm harmed. It takes us right out of it. So I think I'd like to ask for the miracle of forgiveness. And and that that forgiveness and that oneness. I mean. 
if giving and receiving are the same, if I am giving because I am united with God's creative power, I'm also receiving. So there's your formula for peace and happiness and joy, just to know that there's no sacrifice. And even forgiving someone, there's no sacrifice. I'm just giving up the ego and its desire to be right and its desire to have anger and it's, it's feeling alone. Really, anger only comes up when I'm feeling alone, when I feel like there's something that I can't change that I need and I can't get it. And uh, it makes it even worse when we do. It's, and it's also your fault. <laughs> That's the opposite of miracle consciousness. So I'm going to say one more time that statement. There is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Wow. Why not today? Does anybody else have anything to say about when I accept God's word, what that means to them? Yeah, what is God's word about you, Mindy? <laughs> God's word about me, love. <laughs> yeah, that you are complete, healed, and whole, that you're perfect, that you don't need to change anything, that you're beautiful, that you're, you know, it's like, oh, that's what i got to believe. And if I don't believe that, then how am I going to give it? Yeah, I I think you summed it up really, you know, perfectly. Forgiveness is a sacrifice to give up your ego, returning back to God's perfect love, that that miracle consciousness. I accept God's word in love. Why not today? Why not? You know, I I think you I think you I think you opened up a door for me anyway. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you, Sandra. That was great. That was like the perfect answer. That what am I prayer is complete. Thank you both. And the only trick is remembering it throughout the day. And uh, I could say my prayer today is, Holy Spirit, help me notice when I'm in miracle-mindedness and the knowing of who I really am and when I'm believing something that doesn't know who or what I am. And let me act, let me, let me observe this and let me see this and then bring me back to my true self. Um, <clears throat> temptation, there's a new you know, meaning of temptation. It used to be, oh, don't eat that chocolate. But temptation really is the temptation to fall back into the habit of seeing. Temptation is listening to the ego. And, and going with what it offers. So that's a new word for me. So, you know, lead, lead us not into temptation or leave us not in temptation and deliver us from evil, which is living backwards. The word E-V-I-L is live, <laughs> spelled backwards. So <laughs> uh, leave us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. The ego wants to do everything backwards. So my prayer today is, Holy Spirit, help me be aware of when I'm no longer coming from myself and no longer in miracle consciousness. Amen. And uh, just to ask for help to get back there, I guess just observing it. All I need to do is make a choice. When I see it happening, I don't even really need help to get out of it. Just help noticing it because if I see it, 
I'll say, oh, don't want to be there. Okay, let's switch gears here. Let's see the good. Let's see the glass half full. Let's see the, the gift that people gave me that I felt was actually um, an injury because there's always a gift. And that's, that is a more remedial way of looking at forgiveness. Um, that's what some people look at. Just look at the gift. It's, it's there to heal something in you. They injured you. It's because you had a wound that needed healing. And that, you know, that's more of a human level thing. Um, I'm willing just to have the forgiveness come by grace, and I'm willing to look at it and see if there's something that I need to look at and let go of. So thank you, God, for helping me do all of this. You are the doer. You are the creator. You made me. And if I weren't able to be whole and perfect, um, that means that you didn't make me, but you did. And you are whole and perfect. And all that there is of love and peace and joy and grandeur and glory and fulfillment. So thank you that I am made in your likeness and image and I accept your word about me and I thank you that this is a day of miracles and forgiveness and peace and glory and, and love. Let me experience love today in a depth and a range that I never have through the Holy Spirit's work in me today. And let this be my prayer every day for Christmas that the gift I give myself and everyone else is forgiveness. And I receive it because it's a gift that's given freely. And I accept it. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. I started to get so uncomfortable I had to end it. It's like I'm asking for forgiveness and then the ego is giving, giving me some kind of uh, unconscious uh, wording that says, oh, you don't deserve it. <laughs> it was a very small voice, but I noticed it. <sighs> Thank you. As someone said earlier, I am worthy and deserving of love and peace. And there's nothing I need to do to receive it um, except notice when I'm not and being willing to open up to it. So here's to being open to that and to growing in forgiveness and love today. Thank you. I'm wondering who else finds it challenging to um, resist the pull of the ego when they're in a really good space and if there's anything that they do to help alleviate that, uh, that pull and that uh, what feels like backward momentum. Well, first, let me let me say thank you, Mindy, because uh, <laughs> you uh, you know I see you share as uh, as uh, um, a thorough unfolding of uh, the one task, just to accept the atonement and. 
Uh, it's not that I would always remember this, but I, for me, it's very freeing, and I think aligns with this, you know, word of God to just set aside the whole question of worthy or unworthy, deserving or undeserving, and you know, just give it all over and say, you know, nobody nobody deserves anything good or bad, it's all a gift. Life is a gift. And then it's really about just accepting what is. And and it boils it right down to this temptation to judge. You know, what I think I am or all this stuff. And again, it's just accepting accepting the at-one-ment, if you will. You know, that if it appears as a trial, it's a lesson that I haven't learned. And it's probably this same lesson that I'm judging. You know, I'm looking for worthiness or unworthiness and not accepting um, that word that says in the section, what am I, right? It starts right off with it. I am God's son complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. And that, that's it, you know. That's, that's, I use a physical metaphor, that's a brass. This service is provided in high definition by free conference call hd.com. Please. That, that's interesting. Um, that uh, <laughs> okay, let me get back there. Okay, that you know, that's that's enough. The thing of like where I started with is being being glad to know that I was wrong. You know, I, I, the wrongness here is not <laughs> is not anything inherent in who I am, but in this belief that I need to judge. You know, if I can just accept what is in the sense of, you know, where things are on the planet, if you will, uh, and I don't mean anything more than just where the things are. (laughs) And... um, And accept this thing that, you know, we were created freely. And that freedom is part of the birthright. And it's it's a freedom that is founded on peace and joy. And it's, uh, it is, uh, yeah, I got that brass tack thing in my head. Maybe that's what. This is the thing I'm trying to nail down. It really does boil down to accepting the atonement or I'm judging. And and I know which one will allow me to just experience um, connection and joy and peace. And it ain't judgment. <laughs> but don't want to get into judging judgment. It's just a mistake. 
and I just need to let it be corrected for me. At, at the root of it, this is what it actually is. It's not anything we need to do. This acceptance itself is not a doing. It's just an accepting. And, uh, yeah, that's not exactly the way I thought it would close this call, but I think this is a good way to uh, <clears throat> to do so, is to just focus again on what it says in the response to the question, what am I? And this is true of every living thing as well as of me, that I am God's Son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. In every living thing is his creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In everything is is his love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love resides. I am his holy sinlessness itself, for in my purity abides his own. And, yeah, stop there. Thank you, Lemoyne. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. So beautiful. Uh, The Mormons, years ago, I I had a Mormon neighbor, and I know um, there's a book, you know, um, uh, that I read that talked about the Mormons and the cult, you know, the book. There was a book that was written about them. Anyway, one thing I know about them is they were taught when they go to a household and they get a negative response to actually, you know, when they're walking away to really tap their feet to reset and, and go to the next house with the truth that they know that they want to profess. And I, I love what, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having a mental freeze on the name that just spoke. Um, um, help me out. Who who just spoke? The man. The one Lemoyne. that speaks. Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. You know, I I like the idea that the Mormons had, but but taking it a little bit further in our truth, by actually taping a little small circle on the floor, or going outside and and creating a circle in the in the in the snow, and standing outside of that and releasing any untruth about ourselves. And when you're ready to step into the circle, you know, that you've created in the reflection of love, neutralizing and sanctifying yourself into the perfect love that you are, it's just like creating our own little neutralizing prayer altar by stepping into the truth of who we are in Christ. And and remembering that. I love that. And I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Hi, um hi, it's Jude again. I um you know, I'm I'm all about waking up here. And uh, 
you know, what, what the world calls therapeutic is, you know, a bunch of players playing at perfection when it's all a dream. It's all a dream. It's all a dream. And Lemoyne, you you speak clearly of it. I'm so grateful. And um, the you know that perception is what needs to be healed, and how this can escape me. It's because I'm so invested in being a body. It's my daily life, but my body is an instrument of perception, and it's only only perception that needs to be healed. And how does it? How does my perception become healed? By recognizing that I'm not what I perceive, what I am is unperceivable. I'm purely spirit. I'm purely consciousness. I have to identify with myself as a spiritual being in truth. I am not a body. I am not mortal. I am not temporal. I am not anything that changes. I experience it. Sure, this is it. This is what we call life. But the Course says this is not life. This is what we call life. What is life? Capital life is capital God, is capital peace, is capital joy, is capital creation. The totality of our reality as oneness, wholeness, completion. We've been reading this, what am I, who am I? This needs consideration. This needs stillness. This needs for me to ask something. Not that I think I know through reading, through words, through books, through what other people say. This, the Course has been telling me since the start of the second part of the workbook, I need to experience God. That in silent waiting, readiness, open-minded, open-heartedness. I'm going to wait on him. I'm ready, God. I'm not afraid anymore. I don't doubt you. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm willing. And love reveals itself. Truth reveals itself. One of my most favorite um, parts of the text and, and the lesson that um, collaborates with it is forget everything you think you know. Everything you think you ever learned in the world, every belief, every concept about yourself, the world, and God. Everything you think you know. And sit and be still. And the truth will reveal itself to you. And it does. I can speak experientially. Experientially. <laughs> <I know. laughs> because there's nothing... N- Nothing left except God himself. And that uh, the truth be known, the truth knows itself, that God knows itself, that peace knows itself, kindness knows itself, that Judy can't. There's no way Judy can't. There's, it's netty netty. Total exclusion, total annihilation. There's got to be a completely open and empty space, ready, willing, and able for God to experience himself within me. Okay, let God be God in me. Because i that's the only part of me that's real. And unless I'm in accord and in harmony and ready and willing 
for that. You know, I can be Judy. <laughs> but I want to wake up from the dream, and Judy's just a player in the dream. Judy's, Judy's been down every road, climbed every mountain, you know, swam in a few oceans, and, you know, made love to a lot of people physically, mentally, experientially, in the body. And it's, there's something behind all this. And this is not our reality. We're not at home here. And the Course teaches us, don't settle for, don't settle for less than everything. And I, I, I remember when I was a teenager saying, I want it all and I want it now. And people looked at me and smiled, and then nobody said no. Nobody ever said no. And I thought, well, that's great. <laughs> How do we go about doing that? And little did I know I would be brought to the Course in Miracles and to limitless joy, limitless peace, a limited, limitless capacity to open up my heart and my, and my head and say, you know, everything is all right. Everything is all right. We needn't be this way. This is not how God created us. And that only that salvation will save me. There's nothing in the world. There's no practice, no books, no prayers, no nothing. There's nothing in the world except God, the experience of God himself, that's going to save me from the world, from myself, Judy self. So I'm all down with that today. And, you know, what do we do? Relax. And enjoy ourselves, love what we do, bring love to everything that we do, and love in unconditional acceptance. This is the will of God. And I'm going to wake up out of this dream to a total, total, the totality of the experience of God when it's God's will that I do so. So, um... Either one sleeps or one wakes up. There's nothing in between. But this, this, um, you know, dreaming I'm sick, dreaming I'm, in, um, I need to, I need to get my thinking straight. Think, thinking, you know, that Judy's going to make some Judy better is, is, is a magic formula. This is what the magic formula is the ego thinks the ego is going to do something to fix the ego in the dream and the, the whole flipping dream is an ego thought system the course says it very clearly i'm not alone in this dream everybody's dreaming the same dream but we can all wake from it individually we save ourselves but not alone because I'm helping everybody else to wake up. And it, it's everybody else is showing me the way, either by demonstrating to me again what I already know about the ego and how how's that working for you and laughing, you fool. It's like, <laughs> what have we learned so far here? And uh, just recognizing it's just laughable and it's not something to beat ourselves up about because we're just beating up itself that's in the dream. And what sense is there in that? I mean, it's like it, it, it gets to be really, really ridiculous when it gets to be the more obvious it gets to be. Um, 
you can't dream you're awake in the dream, you know. Dreaming you're an ego awake is a contradiction in terms. The ego does not get awakened. The ego does not get enlightened. They're, they're totally in opposition. You can't be immortal and be immortal at the same time. So, I'll stop there. I'll take a breather. <laughs> Joy to the world. I'm complete. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Judy. Judy. That was really great. Thank you, Judy. That just took a load off my mind. It's Mindy. My ego cannot be enlightened. Thank God, because I thought I had to work and work and work and work and work. But no, I do not. All I have to do is get to the place where I cultivate my awareness. All I have to do is get to that place of quietness where I know who I am. I'm already enlightened. And right now, I'm changing my mind about who and what I am. And thank God I don't have to change the ego. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! All right. I need to do nothing. I'm complete. Thanks, Mindy. <laughs> I love those. Woo! <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Judy. Um, <laughs> I think he, I think it's in chapter 31, he does say that, you know, I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm just asking that that be your choice, right? That this is the alignment of the will with the word of God. And that's really all that's, all that's required. This is the tiny opening from which all the light <clears throat> can pour forth. Um, and so... <laughs> the, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait the a first minute. time... Go ahead. <laughs> We're created perfect. God's creation is perfect. Right, but in the, in the waking from the dream, I mean, you said we can't dream we're awake um, in the dream, and I would say, well, I think we, you can dream that you're awake in the dream, and people do that, but they remain within the dream of judgment and decide who's awake and who's not and who's acceptable and who's not. That's still within the dream, but they have dreamed that they're awake. Um, and the point that I was trying to make is that, yeah, I mean, we we don't, this is in, in alignment with <clears throat> what, what you've said. I mean, we can't do it alone. That the waking is awaking to a greater reality. That's all. Um, but, you know, the first attempt at closing the gulf didn't, it didn't fail. It brought more forth. That's fine. Um, I'll go a little further to say the truth of what we are is not for words to speak of nor describe. Yet we can realize our function here. And words can speak of this and teach it too if we exemplify the words in us. And, yeah, it does... um, It does 
you know, I think the thing is that, you know, what is required is just being willing to change our mind about what we are so that it then it can align with the truth of what we are and to not believe our judgment um, made in anger and in haste in childhood and then live our lives as an angry, angry six-year-old or, or a fearful six-year-old feeling always unworthy or whatever. It's not really for us individually each alone to to decide, but it is the, if the reality is there for us to accept. And so this is why I think I thought it was appropriate to point out he doesn't ask that we be perfect. He asks that we just that that should be our choice because it is the reality in being that if all being is one, then we are perfect. And it just needs to be our choice to be willing to recognize it and then allow the correction to let it be corrected for us. It's it's so different. It's so upside down from the way the world would approach things and demand specific um, <clears throat> proofs in form or or uh, focus on behavior rather than the internal being. That's the whole point. Which misses the point, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the whole point. Because we're, yeah. we're yeah. in the well, dream. Time to close on. Excuse me. <laughs> And so the dialogue continues. Go ahead. Yeah, let me just end the recording, Judy, and we can we can carry on on the after call. I thought you were already. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Okay. Love you. All.